Get ready, Ohio. FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, is coming to the Buckeye State. And to kick things off, you can get started with $100 in free bets as an early sign-up bonus. Plus, when you sign up today with promo code OHIOSB, you'll be all set for when FanDuel goes live in Ohio. Then you can bet on all your favorite teams and all your favorite sports with $100 in free bets. Just download FanDuel's top-rated sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Ohio, this is your chance to get in on the action. Join today with promo code OHIOSB. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. 21 plus and present in Ohio. Bonus issued in non-withdrawable free bets that expire seven days after FanDuel accepts its first real money sports wager in Ohio on one Unique user identity verification required. Offer ends on the go-live date. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. There are all different sizes of businesses. Big business, small business, that awkward growing phase business, the running this thing from my garage business, and the OMG we can't hire fast enough business. Wherever you are in your business journey, HubSpot's powerful but easy-to-use CRM platform grows with you. It lets all of your teams work together seamlessly, whether that's just you and your roommate or colleagues across multiple time zones. Grow better with HubSpot by connecting your people, your customers, and your business. Learn more at HubSpot.com. First time in a long time, but it seems like just yesterday When we were side by side, beast mode, no one's blocking our way <laughs> These other guys tried it, but them man ain't got the skills Of brazen and Davy, brazen and raging, bringing you the drills and spills Right here in full gear, about to blow up like TNT Us man are too sweet, Brady, DVP, the BD elite Right here in full gear, about to blow up like TNT Us man are too sweet, Brady, DVP, the BD elite Hello, 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 Davey Portman here from Up Next, postwrestling.com, Stitcher, Google Play, wherever you find your podcasts. Hello, we are here with you, and it is Wednesday, and you know what that means. It is BD Elite. Yes, this is our weekly AEW review, but you might notice that I am not joined by my roommate today. I am not joined by Braden Harrington. He is still in Mexico having just the the best time having the best time and uh but I'm joined by someone else who I think is having a an all right time as well uh someone I spoke to a bit earlier today on the big fat wrestling quiz of the year which is going to be dropping tomorrow on the British wrestling experience find out how we did in that my teammate Mr. Shot in the Dark himself John Sino Evil Sino how are you doing today I'm doing okay. So what are we calling us? Is this CD Elite? Is this uh, DJ Elite? Like, are we going to call us something else tonight? Uh, DJ Elite, would it be? That just sounds like a an shot. old, that sounds like an old like NXT wrestler, DJ Elite. A shot of JD? Is, it, is that what we're calling it? Okay, uh, I'll take that. Maybe, maybe. Uh, yeah, we'll, yeah, stay with, we'll stay with BD Elite. I, I think for just the branding, let's, yes. let's just stick with BD Elite today. But yeah, John, I know you've got a, a mammoth week of recording this week, but... How are you keeping? Uh, your your voice, our listeners uh, should be pretty familiar with. But how's it all going? Are you all set for Christmas? What's going on? Yeah, Christmas is all set. I did all my shopping. Um, I did like you mentioned a lot of podcasting this week. I was talking to WH and Way about Spider Man last night for over two and a half hours. 
Um, then I, I, get- I listened to the whole thing today. It was it was fantastic. Uh, I highly recommend going and and listening to that or watching it. I believe you can watch it all. As yes, well. I would. I would definitely watch it if you just see the reactions that me and Way have when WH gets into his little nerd tangents, calling everybody a nerd when he's the biggest nerd that we know. Um, so that was a lot of fun. And then we did, like you said, the trivia show with the BWE. So I'm losing my voice and I don't know if it's legit me losing my voice because of all this recording or if there's some other stuff going on because yeah, things aren't looking too good in New York. Once I got the, the email from my, uh, my son's school saying that, Hey, just so you guys know, uh, the kids going to be taking home the iPads, uh, right before winter break, just in case, you know, they're not able to come back after winter break. And I'm just like, Oh, are we doing this again? We're going to do this again, aren't we? So that's a little uh, worrying right now, unfortunately. That plus co-worker is not coming to work and it's 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 getting bad, I think, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, uh, I think that's probably a good segue to our first news item of the day. Um, I tested for COVID earlier, um, about an hour before doing, uh, before watching AEW Dynamite today. Um so yeah, highly recommend everyone gets tested um, and continue to get tested. Try and get your hands on those rapid tests if you can. Um, I'd like to just kind of start the show by just sort of saying um, like what I've been through the, the last few days. So I got the flu about a month ago and, um, and was really bad. It was like bedridden. You might remember I, I took... Um, I took NXT off uh, that one week. I, I might have taken both the shows off uh, that week um, and was, yeah, bedridden, temperature, all of that. Had a PCR test, um, came back negative, kind of waited it out, started to feel a bit better. Um, but you know how it is, kind of, you, you have a cold or a flu and you have like the the sort of lingering stuff afterwards. So I've had a bit of a, a tickle, uh, a cough since then and... Throw on top of that, I uh, record a lot of shows for a living. I'm in a bar, that kind of thing. Um, haven't been like fully like back to normal since then. Um, but we do have these rapid tests at work. So um, the last kind of last few days, I've been taking them daily, these, these tests, and uh, keep on coming back negative. Um, then I heard one of my coworkers uh, got tested uh tested positive for covid and um so i tested again the next day another negative test came through uh and then a co-worker who i worked with on saturday tested positive for covid now the first one i hadn't worked with in in person but obviously sharing the same building she's on the bar as well we do clean and all that but these things can happen right uh my second co-worker tested positive for covid so i took another test yesterday and that was three days in a row now taking a test and that one came back negative as well um so kind of thought i'm good and then today my you might hear it in my voice it's a little a little hoarser than usual and um i went for my walk i went for my usual walk and then i get a message from uh two other friends who um one of them I saw fairly recently, the other one not, but they've tested positive as well. So it, it's kind of going around and certainly kind of the, um, the industry I work in. And uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just kind of be 
a bit gross, um, but I think it's important that people kind of know what like symptoms there are. Um, I have like eczema, and I've I noticed like last night my the eczema around my eyes got pretty bad, which it it's been kind of under control recently, and had a bit of like a bit like spottier than I normally would be. Um, and then while I was going on my walk today, I almost pooped myself. And I'm like, huh, that's weird. Um, so I I contacted one of my friends at work to ask if she could bring out one of the uh, the tests so I could take home and test myself. And sure enough, it came back uh, positive. And I kind of just had this sort of gut feeling that something wasn't right. So uh, I'm now locked up at home. And uh, that's going to be my Christmas this year, as it is for for many people. But I will say I feel, compared to how I was the other week when I had the flu, I feel pretty good. Um, Slight hoarse voice, but I have been recording a lot. Um, And a little bit of a jippy tummy. Um, Other than that, I feel pretty, pretty normal. Um, Definitely mild symptoms. I have been double vaccinated, so I'm hoping that's maybe why I'm feeling not so bad but i will say kind of uh maybe trust your gut especially around this time if you are feeling odd uh try and get some tests try and order some tests so you have at home um don't necessarily trust a negative result even though that might be what you want to see um as i said i've had four tests in four days and the the fourth one came back positive um so yeah that's that it's gonna be a uh a covid christmas for me co 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 i guess um and <laughs> yeah so just get tested guys you know um and yeah be safe I, yeah obviously take care of yourself we're, we're all thinking about you you know we want the best for you davy um it just sucks like i feel like just like a couple weeks ago we were talking about me possibly coming up there for the rare rumble i was like yeah but now it's like the whole world like within uh this small amount of time is like upside down yet again and it sucks because like now they're showing they're going to have a uh, Danielson and hangman page in Newark. And it's like, Oh, do I want to go to this show? Could this be the last show before everything shuts down again? And I'm so conflicted, so much stuff going on. Um, it's, it's just, it sucks, man. It really is. It's, there's no other way to explain it. It's, we've gone through this before. And I think that's what makes it worse is we know what we're going to expect. I, I mean, I, I will say I'm, I'm grateful for being able to, to go and see all out with you in Chicago and go to wrestling grandstand when I did, when, when things were kind of felt like they were in a good place. And I, I'm grateful if we are going to be going into lockdowns and stuff again. Um, I'm grateful that I was able to do that and be able to kind of get out of Toronto briefly and, and catch some live wrestling because it might be a while again. And That's true. Very true. I, I'm a bit worried. I've I've got flights booked to go home and see my family in February, who I haven't seen for, for two years. Um, I'm not really celebrating Christmas this year. The, the tree behind me right now is about as Christmassy as I'm getting. Um, so, uh, but yeah, so I am looking forward to seeing my family uh, in February, hopefully, and, and celebrate Christmas then. But who knows with all this, but yeah. Um, and worst case scenario, I'll be here to, to do these shows with you while, while Braden and Jack Evans can do the Mexican spinoff of, uh, can just, of, yeah, <laughs> of up, up Hang out in Mexico. <laughs> uh, but I will say like, I've had, um, I don't want to kind of like undermine this and everyone is, is different from this, but 
I'm double vaccinated and this is pretty mild. Like I've had colds that have kind of affected me worse than this. And I'm, I'm hoping that's possibly because I am vaccinated and my immune system has worked up and I am feeling, uh, feeling pretty good despite the, um, it's more annoying than anything, right? Like I'm, I'm good. I've, I've got my health, uh, at the moment, the symptoms seem fine. Ask me again in a couple of days, maybe who knows, but, uh, right now it's more just a a bit annoying because I'm, I'm going to be stuck indoors for a while over Christmas. But, uh, I think my plan is to, uh, to watch all the Spider-Man movies again in order, um, nice. okay. maybe skip, maybe skip over Spider-Man three and just, just listen to our review on, on patreon.com slash up next. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I think that's what my plan is. And so maybe, maybe play the, pick up the PlayStation again and, and get watching some of these best matches of 2021. And this is going to be my segue because we are doing on New Year's Eve, we're releasing part one of our best match ever, 2021. I've put up a short list on the Facebook group and on the Patreon, uh, which everyone can vote on. It's uh, There's a short list of 26 matches there um, for you to pick on from. And I want to know your top 10 matches of the year. We compile these. We put it all together. We add up all the votes. I have a spreadsheet, a Google Sheet spreadsheet. And we determine what are the top 10 matches of the year. Um, so, yeah, go. If, if you're like me, if you're going to be locked down or, or, or even if you're, you're just staying in and you don't want to risk going out or anything during this time, uh, check out these matches. Let me know what ones are your favorite and I'll be tallying them all up. So I'm sure I've, I'm going to have plenty of work to get on with over the next few days anyway. Um, but yeah, John, Christmas just a few days away. Um, are you all you all set? I know you've got your your son Lorenzo. Um, have uh, have you got everything for him yet? Are you any last minute shopping? You, are you going to be like Arnie on on Christmas Eve, <laughs> rushing around fighting over the last toy? No, I I, I did. I'm not going to say too much because my son is is nearby. He has headphones on, but I I don't trust the headphones. But uh, I did get all the gifts. Yeah. I did I did get them ahead of time. Uh, fortunately, I work at a, at a retail place where I do get discounts. I was smart enough to make up some friends around the mall. You know, I have a a friend that works at the the chocolate store, and I have a friend that works. Oh, at the I, I've store. seen your friends, John. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, the fact that uh, I was able to to make some friends and uh, it definitely helps this time of the year, um, you know, us helping each other in a in a whole mall environment is a pretty cool thing. But yeah, I was able to to get all my shopping out of the way so I can just relax this week. And I, I work only uh, one more day before before the uh, Christmas, so I can probably take it easy that day. But what sucks is like January first is like the big big day for for Lego. If you guys don't know, I work for Lego, so January first is like their big day. So like all the new sets come out. Uh, so we actually get pay time and a half that day because not only is it on new year's day but just the fact that it's like their biggest day of the year so and i think the whole notion of that is we don't have that much now uh we're gonna give all these gift cards to everybody and then they're gonna come back with the gift cards and do their shopping on january 1st so that's the day i'm i'm actually dreading the most going back to work is on new year's day but i'll be there excellent so that is that your first day back new year's day um no i work i work a couple days like you know in between uh christmas and new year's but that's gonna be like the big big like actual working day i think right now we've been taking it easy because honestly we don't have much in our inventory like if you didn't do your shopping already like and you want to buy legos you're probably not going to find what you want because we don't have much left uh but we're going to get all that stuff for new year's day awesome awesome um and 
And, and what's a, a typical Christmas dinner in the in the Sino household? So we usually have seafood on um, on Christmas Eve. It's like we usually seafood, and we all kind of like stay up late at night. Uh, we might, might play a game of cards or something, watch some movies, listen to some music, and just we usually open up presents on Christmas Eve itself. And then Christmas Day is just relaxing. You know, some people go to mass, some people just kind of hang out with their family. But Christmas Eve, I think, is like usually like in my culture, at least like Italians, I feel like that's more like a celebrating day. And then Christmas is just a day where you just relax and just kind of do nothing all day. Yeah, I think that's a lot in Europe. The the kind of twenty fourth is is celebrated more than the twenty fifth. Um, but yeah, uh, awesome. I'm I'm looking forward to it. And uh, I don't know what I'm going to cook this year. Normally, I like cooking a a big turkey. And my my plan was actually to maybe uh, cook a Christmas dinner and then uh, kind of send it out to my friends who are in lockdown. But now now I'm in lockdown as well. So who who knows what I'm going to do? Might just have a a nice steak or something. Yeah. Make yourself a, um, ni- a nice meal for yourself. Why not? I think so. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, I, I think maybe over the next few days, I'll, I'll be getting on, on Twitch a little bit more because we are live on twitch.tv slash up next podcast every Tuesday and Wednesday night at 10 15 reviewing NXT 2.0 and AEW dynamite. So hello Twitch room. And before we get into our dynamite review, let's just run down a few of the things that's going on. Uh, with us so you can check out our review of last night's nxt 2.0 on this very feed uh john you've got a a new episode of uh shot in the dark um what what are you covering uh this week on the on the show yeah i feel like this week and next week are going to be a little bit more on the lighter side because a lot of these shows are doing like best of specials or holiday specials um but you're still gonna see you know a couple things of note that happen uh on these shows but um yeah i still cover ring of honor is down to like it's like final two shows like i think next week might be the final show before they they go on a hiatus so they're kind of like hyping up this christmas special and then aw dark you know and elevation they still continue with their shows uh and then whatever happens with 205 live i'm still waiting for this rebrand or whatever that um was promised by uh one joe gacy so i'm looking forward to whatever Mm. that maybe that's gonna be in the new years but i'm looking for some sort of change with that show i would assume after the uh unification match yeah we'll probably get that at new year's evil um well on thursday on the patreon patreon.com slash up next uh we've got a special reviews from the six where brayden and i are joined by john pollock from post wrestling to talk all about the 1990 christmas movie home alone so uh make sure you check that out i'm sure all of you have seen this film and if you haven't why not go and check out this film it's great so here are all our thoughts on that tomorrow and then christmas day we've got uh, a very special uh, free edition of behind the bde where Braden and i are um are sipping uh hot chocolate with baileys and talking all about christmas so so check out that christmas day for free on this feed and then boxing day over on the patreon we have our last was next of the year talking about nxt from july 3rd 2013 featuring antonio cesaro versus bo dallas for the nxt championship and if you want to go back in our archives, we've got so many shows. Last week, we had our Jack Off week with Jack Frost 1997 and Jack Frost 1998. We also have the finale of Succession up on this free feed where I'm joined by our man Neil and, and JP Houlihan from the Grapple Spotlight to talk all about the incredible 
uh, season finale of Succession. I believe last time I looked, this episode had a 9.9 rating on wow. IMDb, which is is pretty good. So again, if you're looking for something to binge this holiday se- series, I high uh, holiday season, I highly recommend Succession and and give our little show a go because we'll be definitely coming back next year with another one. But that's all for the plugs from me today. Uh, I think it's time to uh, talk about AEW Dynamite. And Sino, how about you take us away? What do you say on Shot in the Dark? Let's get right down to it. Absolutely. AEW Dynamite Holiday Bash, the 22nd of December, 2021. We open with Adam Cole, baby, taking on Orange Cassidy. The match starts with Orange Cassidy doing his lazy kicks and Adam Cole returns by doing the Adam Cole, baby. But Cassidy grabs his hands and puts them in his own pockets, which Cole doesn't take too kindly to. There's a bunch of headlock takeovers from Cassidy. Cole goes to deliver a superplex, but Cassidy shoves him off the top and hits the high cross, followed by the satellite DDT for a two count. And this is when the Young Bucks and Brandon Cutler come out to watch from ringside uh, orange Cassidy jumps out of the ring to take out brandon cutler and then the best friends chuck taylor and trent beretta run out to, to kind of even the odds here Cassidy then hits a t- tope suicida taking out the bucks and then cole exposes the knee and goes for the boom against the ring step but Cassidy ducks dodges gets out the way and cole collides knee first into the steel steps after the break we see Casty delivering some more lazy kicks but this time he's looking a bit more exhausted and they're even lazier than usual we then get a super kick from adam cole followed by the thrust kick from Casty, and then the sushi goroshi the uh, suplex list lift into the Ushi Goroshi from Adam Cole. Uh, Cole then goes for another Sushi Goroshi, but this gets countered into the Stun Dog Millionaire. We get the diving DDT from Cassidy, a Michinoku driver, and then Cassidy puts on his shades, goes up to the top, jumps off the top, but eats a super kick. Uh, Cole then follows up with the Panama Sunrise, which I thought looked great on Orange Cassidy here. Cole then puts his hands in his trunks, mocking Orange Cassidy and goes for the cover with no arms, but Cassidy kicks out. Cole goes for the boom, but Cassidy moves out of the way and hits the beach break. And that's when Bobby Fish comes to ringside. And then the camera gets really tight on uh, on Orange Cassidy here. As you hear, something's going on. All the crowd are reacting. And as Bobby is distracting the referee, Kyle O'Reilly comes from behind. The debuting Kyle O'Reilly. Yes, this was Adam Cole's Christmas present to the Bucks. He hits the axe and smash. Cole follows up with the boom. And one, two, three. Adam Cole wins the match. And after the match, Kyle just starts this beat down on Casty and then stands up. And there's this a bit of a stare down between Cole and Kyle O'Reilly. The best friends run out. And then they, uh, sorry, uh, Cole and Kyle hold down Chuck. Sorry, Cole, uh, Kyle and O'Reilly hold Chuck for a super kick. And then there's the total elimination to Trent. And then they're all just standing as if they're like, ah, we 
we normally do a pose here, but I, I don't think we're allowed to do it here. So we're, we're just going to stand and, <laughs> and be kind of a bit awkward because we haven't worked out anything new yet. When the Young Bucks come in and there's a bit of this stare off where the Young Bucks don't look too pleased with Cole with his friends being there in AEW and Cole's stuck in the middle between the Bucks and, and Red Dragon. And then Cole leaves the ring and Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish leaves with him. Um, first of all, uh, see no thoughts on the match. And then, then we'll talk about the, this post-match here with uh, the, the very expected debut of, of Kyle O'Reilly. I thought the match was great. These two definitely work very well with each other with the whole Adam Cole kind of being like a douchebag, a-hole type of character and just kind of like using that against Orange Cassidy's like antics. Um, the whole match, though, I think I was expecting the Kyle O'Reilly thing. And I was actually a little surprised with how they did it because like they teased like some sort of presence. I thought it was going to be some sort of like back. I don't know if it was going to be like an in-ring presentation where he was going to announce him or what. So I, but as soon as like the, the you know, the camera tightened in on Orange Cassidy and the crowd went erupt. Like, OK, we're going to get it this way. Um, but I yeah, I enjoyed the match and everything that happened after. It was very interesting. Actually, like it's it's true. Like they don't know what to do with their hands. But I actually like that because the first time these three were together, Together with at takeover when adam cole debuted i'm pretty sure they did the same thing they didn't have the whole mm. you know hand signal so it's kind of like the same pose that they had if i'm not mistaken of them through just kind of the standing in there brooklyn yeah and this whole storyline obviously with the young bus we kind of expected it but i'm really looking forward to to what they're going to do i think they're going to eventually you know lead to kenny omega coming back and then doing that that trios match um if we're not going to get maybe young bucks and cutler before i don't i doubt they're gonna they're gonna go down that route i think they're gonna wait for kenny omega at this point and do that big six-man match yeah, yeah, I, I can't see Cutler being in the midst of that. Um, yeah, I, I really enjoyed the match. I thought it was a really hot opener. Um, both guys working pretty quick as well. I, I thought it was pretty exciting and a lot of lot of back and forth. Um, I wasn't overly keen on the on the reveal of Kyle. Um, I don't. I, I kind of don't like it when it's. I think we're used to the way wrestling shot now, and when you have that really tight shot. And you're just seeing the crowd react. And Casty's kind of just stood there waiting to be attacked. Um, and they did tease. I, I was, I, I did kind of want something a little goofy with a, a giant box, to be honest. I'm trying to think uh, if the it, way if they teased it last week. I'm trying to think if this was supposed to be like a recreation of, I have to go back and watch that takeover. But when Cole attacked Drew McIntyre, it was also like a tight shot on Drew, right? And then Cole kind of just showed up to super kick him, if I'm not mistaken. So I'm thinking maybe they tried to recreate that whole scene this time with the roles of Cole and Kyle kind of being swapped. Very possibly, yeah. Uh, but I, I did find the stuff interesting at the end with um, with kind of Cole leaving with them and the, and the Bucks not looking too happy. Um, but yeah, I mean, we're going to get some fantastic matches here. Uh, I'm pleased to see Kyle's cut his hair. Yeah. Uh, he's He's no longer out there, Kyle. Uh, he's had a bit of a haircut. Looks like the classic Kyle O'Reilly. And as as Fire Frank, our champion, points out in the Twitch room, Kyle is very forgiving. <laughs> yeah. Uh, which was something I was a, a little surprised with. And I, I wonder if we see them address it at all because AEW does tend to, to keep stuff from other companies as part of their canon. Um, so I thought they might play maybe a little bit longer whether Kyle is is with him or not. I, I, I saw Kyle and Bobby being a thing, uh, but maybe not Kyle, Bobby and Cole. 
right away. But it's cool. I, I wonder if they're going to give themselves a name at all or just... Yeah, what are they going to call themselves? Riley. Yeah, that should be interesting. I, th- I think it would be weird and almost a bit cheaper to try and come up with a different name. And I think they should just be Coldfish O'Reilly. Like we know who they are. The, right. the crowd were chanting undisputed here. We all know who they are in the relationship. You don't necessarily need to come up with a new name for them or anything. Are we going to get a uh, segment between uh, Kyle and orange where Kyle takes the shades, puts them on and becomes cool. Kyle for a quick moment. Yeah. He needs the little, little hat as well. Yep. Right. Oh yeah. <laughs> He'll do it. Yeah. Uh, oh, and and here's here's the jean. Well, he's got the 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 cutoff jean jacket, right? Yeah, yeah. He he can do that. Yeah. He can do the whole cool Kyle versus Orange Cassidy matchup. So uh, it's then announced after this that on January fifth, which is the first uh, TBS show, uh, it's going to be Hangman Adam Page defending the AEW Championship against Brian Danielson, part two. And we go right to an interview, Tony Schiavone in a, in a lovely Christmas sweater, interviewing Hangman Page. And he says, you were so close to winning. And if the time hadn't run out there, uh, you'd have won this. You had him beat. And Hangman says, nah, I'm, g- I'm going to stop you early. After 60 minutes covered in sweat and blood and my arm barely hanging on, I was handed back this championship. And as we went to commercial and I was walking back up that ramp, I looked at this championship and realized after my three years here, I'd never felt less than a champion. The feeling from last week is disappointed. And that's when Brian walks out and says, wait, wait, wait. This entitled millennial cowboy still has the AEW championship over his shoulder, and he's still disappointed? Oh, poor cowboy. I kicked your ass for 60 minutes last week. And if anyone should be AEW champion, it should be me. And we're going to have a rematch January 5th. And I'm going to kick your ass again. And if it wasn't for the fact that I hurt my leg against John Silver just the week previously, I would have destroyed you. So you know what? I'm not going to wrestle for these people. I'm not going to wrestle again until January 5th. And... The problem is, if you go out January 5th and stall again for 60 minutes, we're going to be in exactly the same position as we are in now, with me being disappointed and this piece of shit having the title over his shoulder. So I suggest January 5th, we have judges. So if you decide to stall out again, everyone will know that the true AEW champion is Brian Danielson. And then Hangman says, look, I've been thinking about this myself. Every type of uh, match imaginable, uh, imaginable. I've been thinking Inferno matches, no time limit matches. But you did something that no one else in this company has done. And that's taking me beyond 30 minutes, 40 minutes, 50 minutes. You held me underwater for most of that match. But in the last seconds, I swam. And if I was given three more seconds, I'd have drowned you. So let's give some old guys a payday, but pay them up front as they won't earn it because I'm going to beat you in 60. But I've done so much for this to have some prick come out and say I'm not good enough and that I'm a B plus player. That's bullshit. In two weeks, they will find out if Hangman can beat Brian in less than an hour. And the answer will be yes. Uh, great work from both these guys here. 
Um, and I like the judges thing. Uh, it's very old school. We, we've seen this at um, some of the reviews Braden and I have done. I think the, uh, was it Flair Steamboat had the judges and with, uh, what, Jason Hervey? As so one? We'll, we got we'll, we, we, we to get him back, right? We got to get Jason Hervey we've back. We've got to have him back, yeah. <laughs> And the uh, the Frankenhooker, right? She's <laughs> yeah. gonna she's gonna be there as well. Yeah, bring her back. Why not? This has always been a cool spot. They did this in the past. Even WWE has done it like in the past with people like Gorilla Monsoon being used, and I think Sergeant Slaughter. So it should be pretty cool. It's gonna be in Jacksonville. I'm pretty sure Tony Khan's gonna bring back three like real like old school legends. Maybe somebody like a Bret Hart. I wouldn't be surprised if he's you know comes mm. back and, and does something like this. Um, so yeah, I'm really looking forward to this. And of course, like the show that I'm like on the edge about going to or not, that's like an hour away from me. They want to make this main event. So now I'm just like, oh, with everything going on now, like, do I want to do this? I definitely could make this show. I get off work at five and I can just head over there. But we'll see how the world is uh, by the time this show happens. But I definitely would love to see this match live. Uh, definitely. And I, I like this whole like judges thing. So they said it still has a 60 minute time limit, but with judges, right? So in case it does go to the time limit draw. So my question is, do you, they're going to have to, like, if they're paying up this, this stipulation that the judges are only going to be used for, in case of a draw, they're going to have to go to a draw again, you would think, right? Well, not not necessarily. That could be the expectation that they're building it up as if you're preparing to to go for a draw, but you don't necessarily have to go that way. Uh, I know in some of the matches we've, uh, like, Braid and I have reviewed, They've the judges have kind of been given their score during the match. Like, commentary will say, oh, we've just had their their scores handed in and at the moment they have hangman on top or, or whatever. It could be a way to throw you to kind of subvert expectations where you think it's going to be a draw. Um, but I mean, honestly, I, I wouldn't mind if it's another draw. We've seen draws with the judges before. Um, happy to see these guys go for another hour. Absolutely. Um, so, so it's good that this is happening on that dynamite. So obviously the matches are going to happen at battle of the belts, which is a couple of days later. So it looks like, that's a good idea. The fact that they're going to have other title matches for that one hour special. And you're going to want to make that show big. It's the first TBS show. So yep. I think this makes a lot more sense rather than putting it on the Battle of the Belts show. Uh, but no, I, I like the stipulation. I thought both guys sounded great here. Brian is is so good at that, just being that cocky asshole. Uh, I think his delivery is fantastic. I, I think he's a very underrated promo, uh, Brian Danielson. And is just so fantastic in this in this heel role. And Hangman, I, I love the callback to kind of the B plus player stuff, bringing yes. in Brian's like WWE uh, kind of catchphrases with the yes and all that. Uh, no, very very strong segment for me, for sure. We go backstage to the inner circle, and MJF thanks Beers for being a great not the inner circle, the sorry, pinnacle, the pinnacle, <laughs> pinnacle, Jesus. Uh, MJF thanks Spears for being a great accountability buddy. Uh, but he says, big man, referring to Wardlow, I pay you a lot of money to protect me. And he's, it sounds like he's going to dress down Wardlow. And then he goes, ah, this isn't us, bud. Pats him on the knee. Says, this is you, punk. You drive everyone insane. MJF and FTR are family. And you're a loner like that emo skateboarding punk and his creepy uncle. You're not going to be able to coexist. I see right through you. And that's when the real CM Punk comes out to play. The fact is, inside the ring, you're rougher than the rusty knife Darby uses to skin animals. And then I think he he describes Sting as Krusty the Clown. Yeah. Something like that as well. (laughs) And says, when I offered to shake your hand and you walked away, you chose early retirement. 
And that's when Dax Harwood takes over saying, we didn't have a problem, but when you started on my family, you started on us. We're the three kings of pro wrestling, the best in the world. And when you're, on, when you're the pinnacle, you're always on top. And that leads us well into our, our next match, which is Wardlow, who uh, with Sean Spears is taking on Captain Sean Dean. And it goes powerbomb, 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 powerbomb. <laughs> one, two, three. Um, again, they're playing with Spears kind of telling Wardlow to put him away and stop it, go for the pin. Uh, I think they're doing a great job of, from this promo segment and this match, separating Wardlow from the pack, having him associated with these. But it was all like FTR talking about family, but it was FTR and MJF. It's the three of them with the three kings. Um, Wardlow's only there because he's being paid by MJF. Uh, and the crowd are, are really getting into Wardlow's squash matches, and he seems like a babyface at this point. No, for sure. I I I love how they're they're building up this Warlow MGF thing. Just a thought that I had, like something that they could do down the line is have the you know finally MJF gives up and have this match with CM Punk, and CM Punk ends up winning, and it drives MJF to the point where he kind of goes like crazy and he wants a rematch, and then CM Punk is the one that doesn't want to give him the rematch, and he maybe puts MJF through like the five labors of Punk. And then maybe Wardlow becomes one of the laborers that MGF has to fight or something. I can see some in some way CM Punk pretty much using Wardlow as a weapon uh, or some sort of obstacle for MGF to have to um, go through. I, 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 it should be interesting. Like it's a really really slow build, but I like how how they're doing this. And obviously Wardlow is going to have to run through Sean Spears and maybe the rest of the Pinnacle as well. But uh, when Wardlow does have that baby freeze turn, I think he's going to get a big reaction. He's obviously they're they're doing these power bomb spots on purpose to get Wardlow over with the crowd. Obviously they're chanting for more power bombs. So just imagine when he's actually like supposed to be cheered by the audience. Yeah, and delivering multiple power bombs yep. to MJF is, oh. is going to be a huge moment. No, I, I like this build. It, it's slow. It's It's been subtle and growing and growing. Uh, I think they're doing a good job here. We then get a video package of Cody Rhodes versus Sammy Guevara for Christmas Day. They refer back to uh, this being the first match that was on Dynamite and uh, and Sammy kind of being uh, saying that was the biggest match of his career and that this time he wants to win. And you've got a few talking heads saying kind of Cody made that title with his open challenges and Sammy's been delivering the same caliber of matches. Um, and Sammy finishes off by saying, all you're getting is a lump of coal and an ass kicking from me. We have a, a few lump of coal references this week. Yeah. Uh, this leads us on to uh, our next segment with Dan Lambert. And uh, I'm going to admit, I, I don't know how you are with writing the reports here, but Dan Lambert is possibly the hardest one to take notes on because it's just a mile a minute um, of all this stuff. But I'll, I'll try my best to, to recap this. He says, William Shakespeare says, heavy is the head that wears the crown. I don't expect people like you to understand that. You wor- worry about whether to download the a- latest app on your smartphone or turn the light off in your mum's basement. But I run the the most successful MMA fucking camp thing in in the world. Uh, My fighters are successful and deserving. However, Tony Khan uses the buddy system. If you're a buddy, you're an MVP. And And if you're not, maybe you get some vignettes here and there. 
Well, Scorpio Sky is the first tag team champion in AEW and the only person who has two pinfall victories over Chris Jericho. And Ethan Page dresses well. It's pretty much what he said. <laughs> no, he continues. He wrestles better than everyone, blah, blah, blah. Uh, yet we see Cody get another title shot. Now, let me give an example of Tony setting someone up for failure. Because I got set a hopeless assignment tonight. I was sent out here to get you people to cheer for Cody Rhodes. How am I supposed to do that when Cody is a bigger dick than I am? I don't give a damn who you cheer for or who you boo. I don't care if it's Cody or Sammy. My only concern is one of you guys gets a title shot after this, referring to Sky and Paige, and bring the title back to American top team. Uh... Yeah, th- thoughts on on Dan Lambert. Yeah, like, I don't really understand this, because, like, I feel like he's in his company, but he's, like, anti-Tony Khan. So we're supposed to think that he doesn't work for AEW. But then he talks about how he was sent out there by Tony Khan to do a certain assignment, which, I don't know, kind of contradicts, like, his whole thing. Um, I don't hate Dan Lambert, but I feel like it's just, and it's been said by multiple people, that it doesn't work with men of the year. Why can't you put Dan Lambert with somebody like a Brian Cage if he's still there? I don't know where, where he is. Or even like a Miro. Like a Miro makes sense. I think somebody in the chat room brought it up as well, how this kind of like relates to what Miro went through and not getting chances. So it's like, I like the idea, but I just don't like it with Scorpio and, and uh, Ethan Page. Nothing against them. Like they're, they were good on their own, I feel like. They didn't need Dan Lambert to do all the talking when Ethan Page is one of the best talkers they have in AEW. And this guy never opens his mouth anymore for the most part. Um, so the whole segment was kind of just weird. And it's like, like, what are they even building to? Are they, are they, are they saying that like Cody's going to win? Because the, they made it seem like Cody is feuding with them. So they, are they saying that Cody's going to win the title and then have to defend against Scorpio or Paige? Like, I'm not sure what they're actually like building to. I mean, that's what it feels like because they're barely throwing any digs at Sammy yeah. here. So, yeah, perhaps Cody's winning this thing on Christmas Day, which is going to make him a huge heel. <laughs> the Christmas Being Sammy Guevara on Christmas, the Christmas miracle. You know, poor poor Sammy. Yeah. I, th- I think Sammy's have a had a pretty rough uh, week as it is to lose the title on Christmas. I don't think he needs that. Yeah, uh, poor Pam. Yes, poor Pam. Poor Pam. Um, I'm completely with you. I I like Dan Lambert, but I feel um, I feel he's come back way too soon. I wanted, I'd have liked to have seen him stay off for a little bit and come back with, as you suggested, maybe a Brian Cage would fit better because he's someone who isn't a great talker and looks more like the kind of person Dan Lambert would like. It's a big big muscly man rather than these pretty boys in nice shirts um i think like scorpio sky his promo is okay i think ethan page is a very good talker and just the two of them you can have page carry most of the talking with sky talk here and there but all they do is laugh it's just dan lambert talking and these two laugh i i feel i've seen ethan page laugh way more than i've seen him wrestle since being (laughs) an AEW. that's true and I, I don't think it was working at this point, and I, I am surprised to see Dan Lambert back with these people. And I like Lambert, but yeah, I, I think it's been a bit too much of him recently. We go to our Brit Baker Christmas party. We have Brit, we have Tony, we have Jamie Hader and Rebel. And they say, Merry Christmas to you all. Happy holiday bash. And Tony says to Brit, you've never beaten Riho. 
And Britt says, well, I'm bigger and stronger than Riho, and I'm the women's champion. And I have Jamie Hayter by my side. And Tony goes, well, Jamie Hayter's never beaten Riho either. (laughs) And she goes, look, Tony, you can't bring up 2021 without bringing up the era of DMD. I built my own throne and my own kingdom. I built this division from the ground up, and I'm a pillar in AEW. You think Rio is going to dethrone me? You have another thing coming. You should have stayed under the bottom rope in that battle royal. And then she said, you'll shoot your eye out, kid, which I think is a reference I went over my head. There. Christmas story. Please tell me you've seen a Christmas story, Danny. What? A Christmas story? Have you not seen a Christmas story? Is that what Johnny Gargano is always going on about? Yeah, he's like, he goes in front of the house every Christmas. Okay, now we know what we're picking next year for Christmas. Uh, a Christmas story. I, uh, I can't Fair believe it. I can't believe it. I can't believe it. Okay. I mean, uh, John, I'm going to have a lot of time on my hands over the next <laughs> 10 days. So that's true. I might, I might fit it in this year. There we go. Uh, I, I like this segment. It was funny. Actually, it reminded me earlier on uh, during a Cole match, how like Shivani was trying to take a dig at uh, Adam Cole. He's like his hair. It's so greasy. And Taz is like, uh, Tony, Adam Cole is like one of the most, like the better looking men we have on our roster right now. I don't know, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> But um, this this segment was was it was good for what it was. Obviously, we're gonna get this match. Um, I don't know when they didn't wait. Did they announce it for Battle of the Belts? Yeah, it's gonna happen at Battle of the Belts, right? Yeah, Battle of the okay. Belts. Okay, yeah. so yeah, we're gonna get this match. Um, and obviously, the story is that that Rio, um, that Baker has never beat Rio, and I think R- Baker's gonna get the win. Obviously, but it should be a good match. Yeah, I like the setting of this as well. It was kind of like a Santa's Grotto kind of thing with yep. all of them in their Christmas sweaters and and Brit sipping on some wine. Uh, yeah, the, these two, the, these this group are always fun together. Uh, that leads us to our Owen Hart video um, and just kind of promoting this uh, the Owen this the Owen Hart Foundation and this tournament that's coming up next year for both the men and the women. Uh, a lot of talking heads. Uh, we had Mark Henry, who says he learned about ribbing from Owen Hart, how to take a rib and how to give a rib and calls him family. Because um, obviously they had the they were in the nation together, weren't they, Owen? and? Oh, yeah, they were very Henry. close. They were very close. Yeah. Um, Adam Cole says he learned about uh, what technical wrestling was from Owen and especially his match with his brother, Brett. You got Matt Hardy who says Owen put smaller guys on the map, smaller guys who are more athletic and proved that they are very important in the world of wrestling. Uh, you've got 2.0 saying that the stuff Owen did blew their mind. And Eddie Kingston says, where I came from, we learned that a real man takes care of his family. And Owen did just that. You've got Dustin Rhodes saying he's going to go down as one of the all-time greats. Henry says he brought a lot of fun and life into the world of wrestling. Uh, Spears calls him a beautiful soul and a, of a human being. And then Adam Cole finishes by saying the legacy is not all about what he did in the ring, but what he did outside the ring too. And throughout all of this, you had obviously no WWE footage here, but plenty of uh, like New Japan footage. It was yep. like him against Liger, uh, lots of sort of family family videos stuff from their wedding and and all that uh, i thought this was great yeah i i'm really looking forward to this um this whole this whole presentation i think is going to be done very well and classy um it should be a really fun tournament it should be interested in who they're going to get for this tournament you know obviously kevin owens is not going to be available like some people mm. thought he would be by may um but maybe somebody like a kyle o'reilly could be in this tournament you know people that that fit like that that fighting style that owen hart had um 
So yeah, it should be interesting. And I'm pretty sure the whole thing is going to be really good. Uh, once we get, you know, up into the finals at double or nothing, it should be a, a really cool tournament overall. And hopefully they'll do it maybe every year. Yeah, I, I'm expecting maybe a more of a round robin yeah. style. Uh, maybe not full G1, like 10 either side, but maybe maybe five each side. And you can spread these matches across uh, a, like Dynamite and Rampage. Um, and it's good. It, it just gives maybe all these, a lot of these undercard matches a bit more weight and a bit more meaning. Um, no, I, I'm looking forward to this. I, 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 I will I will say, though, for the women's tournament, like nothing against like the roster they have now for the women's, but I feel like they need to bring in a couple of new new faces. And there's obviously a lot out there. You have your, you know, Tegan Knox, you have your Amber Moon. Um, there's definitely names out there they can bring in, I think, for this tournament. I think that will definitely uh, yeah. capitalize off of it. Yeah, Mia, Mia Yim as yep. well. Um, whether you ever reopen that door at all that forbidden door and have like a Diona come. Yeah, but absolutely. We'd have seen that by now, but I, I'd be all for that as well. Well, speaking of the women, we go to our AWTBS Women's Championship Tournament semi-final. It's Nyla Rose taking on Ruby Soho. And Nyla jumps the bell, attacking Ruby. <laughs> and she she pulls the jacket over Ruby's head to kind of do the, like the hockey, you know, the jersey and beating up but then realizes that Ruby's struggling to get out of this and just stops, stops the beat down and then like tries to help Ruby get out of this jacket. And then Ruby's trying to get out of the jacket. Uh, this was, I thought this, <laughs> this was stupid. I think, <laughs> yeah, I think a more experienced performer would continue the attack and like have, like, I feel it was down to Aubrey here to almost step in, like separate and help like get Nyla in the corner because Nyla just looked dumb because she's attacking this woman before the bell. And then it's like, oh, I better wait for you to get your jacket off. Um, yeah, really, they, they were keeping the camera tight on Nyla. Well, I guess, you know, Aubrey was trying to help her out or whatever. But yeah, it was it was definitely something that they didn't plan. And obviously uh, just a little hiccup to start the match. But uh, it could have been easily resolved, I feel like. Yeah, jacket time 2.0. <laughs> um, yeah, really, really awkward start here. Um we then get a clothesline from Nyla when, or, uh, sorry, Ruby eventually gets the jacket off. Nyla continues to beat down. After the commercial break, Nyla gets a steel chair, but Ruby drop kicks it in her face. And then Vicky interferes and knocks Ruby off the top. She gets strung up on the top rope and Nyla comes down with her big knee across the draped Ruby and this time like hitting it across the shoulder. So now Nyla's, uh, sorry, Ruby's now, uh, selling the shoulder ruby manages to apply a standing dragon sleeper to nyla and nyla's tapping uh, but vicky is distracting uh, the referee and then nyla hits the beast bomb but ruby kicks out and then nyla goes up to the top rope and ruby pulls her off and hits the is she now calling it the no future no no future uh, kick yeah no future kick and picks up the win uh, so Ruby Soho advances to the final of the TBS tournament, which I imagine will take place in on the on that uh, January fifth show, wouldn't you think? Yeah, it would make sense. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, thoughts on the match, John? Uh, the finish was good. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm sorry. Like I, I didn't, I, I didn't like this match. It's, it's, I don't know. Like the match just like obviously had the bad start. Um, 
Vicky Guerrero just like one too many times on the apron and the match just felt really slow. Like I don't know if they're trying to be extra careful or what, but like every like sequence, yeah. like they were just going in slow motion. I felt like it, it never picked up into that second gear, but the ending was great. Like the, the foot, the fact that she pulled her off the rope and hit the, the no future kick, but everything before that, it just didn't really do anything for me. Unfortunately, um, even going into this, I didn't, I, for some reason, I didn't think these two would have really clicked. So obviously the other side is thunder Rosa and Jade. So I'm guessing Rosa's going to somehow get the match cost and lose the match. And then we're going to get that Jade uh, Ruby Soho final. I feel both women um, can be very good and can be just quite awkward at times. And I I didn't think the chemistry was good here at all. Uh, The beginning of the match obviously didn't help. And that, that obviously wasn't planned. But I feel, I feel Vicky's interference, I think, I mean, obviously there's the classic where the fuck is Vicky, but I always feel <laughs> she's just a little off her timing with it. Like, I feel Nyla was tapping right in front of the referee before Nyla, uh, sorry, oh, Vicky yeah. was even getting on, she was, on the She apron. was definitely tapping. She was definitely tapping. And the thing is, like, Nyla had her head down, so maybe she thought that Vicky was already on the apron. Like, she probably had no idea what was going on, but she, I definitely saw her tapping. I'm like, yeah, the match is over. And I also feel... In a few of Ruby's matches recently, she's relying on, like, kickouts a bit too much. Like, the Beast Bomb has been putting away a lot of people. Yeah. And this kickout. And obviously, we had the, the Statlander match, which had a lot of kickouts as well. And th- there's a time and a place for that, for the, the big near falls and stuff. But I almost feel it's a bit cheap and kind of unearned in this match to do the big kick out of the finisher. Um, and there, there were a few in this match in, in this match, a few big moves where you go, ah, that, that normally puts them away. And I, I don't feel this match has really reached that level where we're kicking out of each other's finishers yet. But I did like the finish with the pulling off the top for the, the no future kick. Yeah, and thank you um, to the chat room for confirming. Yeah, next week is going to be the other semifinal match with uh, Jade and Thunder Rosa. And they did announce the following Wednesday will be the finals on January 5th, which makes sense on TBS. Yep. I can't keep up. They Towards the end of the show, when they just announce all the matches for the next, like, three shows, it's so quick. It's, and I'm just like, ah, I, what's I, happening? Hook, Hook's wrestling again? What? What? Yeah, and it's like, I, I do the report. Like, I watch, like, the live. Um, I go on, like, a, the TNT website. I did a report on my computer. So I can't really pause the feed. Um, I mean, I could, but it, it makes things, like, irritating, especially if I'm timing the matches or whatever. But, yeah, it's sometimes they throw in so much information. Right when you're trying to take a breather, Excalibur is like, and let's cut to the back where Tony Schiavone is with, with Britt. And, and now let's go to next week where we're going to find out the, the matches. And here's the main event. It's like, dude, like, calm down and yeah. let me, like, relax a little bit and just, like, you know, rest. Uh, yeah, they, they do a lot. I mean, to be fair to them, not everyone is watching this show and taking notes. That's true. But I, I understand. When, yeah. when you are, it is it is pretty like, ah, fuck, what's happening? Yeah, I mean, um, from, from a live perspective, from being a fan, I would love it because it's like all the stuff is being thrown at you. So that was great. But then I could see that being an issue like, you know, can I get up and, and, and get a beer? Like, <laughs> can I relax yeah. for a second? So, yeah. But uh, you're right. They're, they're not doing it for us. They're doing it for the fans. Um, now, I, I don't know if you've got... Uh, I, I might have missed the next bit because I was chatting to my chef at work about COVID. So I've got Malachi versus Griff Garrison next. Was there anything, there, any vignette or something just before that? Yes, they're showing highlights of the Serena Deeb uh, Hikarushita match from last week. And basically just Serena Deeb talking. And she was saying how like the feud is far from over. Uh, they're going to be wrestling again. And the next time that they're in the ring together, Shida's going to be begging Tony Khan to keep Deeb away from her, basically. So that feud isn't over. 
Okay, so do you assume maybe some kind of gimmick match? You would think so, because they had the rubber match, right? So they had the three matches. Um, they're going to have to have some sort of match, but what would it be? Like, I mean, they keep using these kendo sticks, so I'm guessing some sort of, like, no DQ match or street fight or something along those kendo lines. Kendo stick on yeah, a pole. There we go. They could have did it for Christmas. You could have had your candy candy kendo stick on candy a pole cane match. Candy on a pole match, yeah. But, We've um, seen that before, haven't we? Yeah. yeah, WWE has done that plenty of times. Yeah, But um, I can see them doing some sort of gimmick match or or something, yeah. Good, cool. Like, uh, I like. I think these two are great against each other, so I don't mind one more yep. uh, between these. And then I think I'd like to see after this, depending on who wins the TBS title, I, I want to see Deeb in the mix for that um, pre- pretty soon. Yeah, I, think. I, I I think that's why they're keeping them busy. I feel like they want to keep them busy, but also in like people's vision so that way whenever they do have a tbs champion whoever wins it could be sheeta or deep going after the winner like i could t- i could totally see a like thunder uh sorry uh brit baker winning this tournament and serena deep kind of being the first big feud there and then once brit i assume beats riho you probably have thunder rosa chasing that title yeah they're, they're the two feuds i see yeah i, I see i see I see uh, Baker and Rosa fighting for the AW Women's title, and I see Ruby uh, Soho winning the TBS tournament and doing Ruby and Serena. Yeah, that makes sense. Yep. So we go to Malachi Black versus Griff Garrison. Um, Griff very upset with Malachi spitting mist <laughs> in in his his kind of sister's face the other week. It's my and, sister. And it's our sister. He said he's going to break his jaw. So the match starts. We get a roundhouse kick from Black. Uh, Griff manages to catch uh, Black with a, a tope suicida to the outside. But Malachi comes back with a knee bar. And then just these these sickening, crazy stiff kicks from Black. He's, he's hitting the legs. He's hitting the ribs. I think Excalibur calls out there's been like 10 just unprotected, really stiff kicks from Black. Uh, Griff manages to catch Malachi with a, a rolling elbow, but Black manages to lock in a single-legged Boston Crab with Griff Garrison tapping out. Black picks up the win, but doesn't let go of the hold. So Brian Pillman jumps him to, to get him off and eats a Black Mass from Black. Um, no sign of of the possible spooky Julia Hart, we're all, <laughs> all assuming is going to happen, and no sign of uh, Brody King. I think week. I think that's smart because you had the Kyler Riley uh, reveal earlier, so they're going to save that for next week or maybe even in Newark. But um, yeah, this match was good. Like I'm looking at my notes, and there was so many like things they did in this match. And I look at the time; it was only three minutes and fourteen seconds, and they got so much stuff done in those three minutes. Um, I thought the match right when it started, I thought like that was it. I thought he was going to run into the black mass, and they ended it. But I like the fact that like Black, uh, you know, went after the knee of of Griff Garrison and. and Beat him by submission. I think that was pretty pretty cool, and we got to see the black mass anyway when he destroyed Pillman with it after the match. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it should be good. It should be good. Um, this whole feud, obviously, I think it's going to lead to um, Brody King coming in. But I'm I'm more intrigued on what's going to happen with Julia. Like, is, is Julia going to be part of the House of Black? I feel like she is. My only neg- so. my only negative about that is is it going to be like Alexa Bliss ish? You Alexa know, Bliss-y. yeah. I so agree. that's my only like negative about it. But I can definitely see that happening. I agree. I I thought. I mean, I knew uh griff was gonna get killed here but the very little he got in i thought he looked very good actually and i 
I think they redeemed Pillman a bit making the save because I think last week he he kind of seemed kind of weak, not wanting to go after Black, where he was like, hey, no, that guy's scary, you know? Um, so I think Pillman kind of redeemed himself a little bit this week. Yeah, um, sure. We then get an announcement that it's going to be Jungle Boy versus Isaiah Casti on Rampage. And we have Matt Hardy. As much as Braden keeps insisting Hardy family office is is done, sorry, it's not. It's still a thing. You know, if, if, uh, if, if Brandon Harrington would listen to Shine in the Dark every week, he would see that every single week, Matt Hardy, Isaiah Cassidy, and The Blade have trios matches. They're not going anywhere. They're, there's always a member of, of, of uh, the Hardy family office on, on one of these shows. And uh, I'm happy they got, they got to show themselves on Dynamite Soul so Brandon can see. And, of course, the, the week that they do appear on Dynamite, he's not even watching. So in his mind, yeah. Hardy family office does not exist. But they're there, and they were talking about pounding ass on Christmas or something, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, Matt, Han- Matt Hardy says that Isaiah Casti is going to pound that ass and injure you. And uh, if you're injured, that number one contender status is deleted uh, because uh, the, the, the Jungle Men, uh, sorry, what that Jurassic Express <laughs> are the current number one contenders for the tag titles, I guess. Uh, then we get Jungle Boy who says, you think you're going to pound my ass at Christmas? I don't think so. I'm going to wake up Christmas morning and I, I'm going to open my presents and then later in the day I'm going to shove coal up your ass and, and you're going to spit out diamonds. And then Christian just does a commercial for awshop.com, um, <laughs> which was a bit weird, and the, the dinosaur roars. Uh, yeah, it's kind of odd promos here. John. Yeah, I, 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 number one, I hope that Marco Stunt is going to have a successful run on The Voice because he's not going to be being put on the merch anymore. He's just totally like excommunicated for the Jurassic Express. And then, uh, yeah, pounding out on Christmas. It seems like a, a good way to spend your weekend. I'm pretty sure I've had my shares of Christmas. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so uh, it was very weird. And yeah, we're going to decide. I ain't pounding any ass this Christmas, John. Yeah, me neither. I, ain't gonna be, <laughs> I don't think year. I'm even going to be pounding a turkey's ass this year um, <laughs> because dinner for one this year. <laughs> All right. Brandon from New uh, Jersey, you know what to do. Yeah. Jim Ross returns next week. And you could hear this got a good audible cheer from uh, from this North Carolina crowd. And we're going to get the uh, Orange Cassidy and the Best Friends taking on Don't Call Them Undisputed Era next week. Cole Fish O'Reilly. Yeah, uh, according to Tony Schiavone, it's the the newly formed trio of Cole, Fish, and Kyle. So obviously, uh, Tony never watched NXT. He he never knew these three were together, I I feel like. Yeah. And that leads us to the main event of the evening. MJF and FTR taking on Sting, Darby Allin, and CM Punk. Um, MJF and FTR are all in, uh, in yellow this week. What, do you know what this was the reference to? I don't know. I'm guessing it was some sort of like horseman thing. I'm pretty sure they're all probably... Yeah, that's what I or was Or yellow, assuming. yeah. Sting makes his return for the first time in a long time, uh, back like I never left, in North Carolina, uh, the Greensboro Coliseum. Obviously, this, this is a pretty famous wrestling venue where Sting, especially in the kind of uh, old NWA, WCW days have been in a lot. So big kind of homecoming for Sting here with awesome face paint. This on. is amazing. <laughs> He's got the CM Punk taped up fists on his forehead with the lightning bolts on his cheeks. Looked awesome with the, the CM Punk shirt over the Stinglet. And then Darby 
I didn't quite. I, I, I think he, work out I, what I, his makeup was. I think he was trying to go for like crow inspired staying, but he was using purple for some reason. But like then he had like the Finn Balor neck thing. I don't know what he was going for, but obviously with CM Punk doing the other sting, I feel like maybe he was trying to do a different version of Sting, maybe. Yeah, like I thought maybe did he go for like Wolfpack Sting, but had pink instead of red? Like uh You got the colors mixed up, yeah. I feel he even like had pink in his hair as well. I, I don't quite get the Derby reference here, but then Punk, as you mentioned, coming out as the like the Blade Runner, the uh, more the original Sting. That was amazing, and, and he, was, he was trying to do the the howl in the, in the beginning, and he totally like couldn't do it. Like his voice cracked. I thought that was great, though. It was great. The whole presentation. At, also, uh, Punk in Long Boys this week, but yes. kind of Sting inspired uh, tights as well. Yeah, I. I'm a big fan of CM Punk and I think it's really, really sad when you see someone lose their passion in something. Um, and obviously we've all seen, we all heard like the, the Colt Cabana interview. We've heard him like little sound bites of him saying, I'll never wrestle again. And we know how miserable he was at the end of his WWE run, but it's so pleasing to see him kind of here just being a bit of a fan you know, and and coming out like cosplaying Sting, partnering with Sting in the Greensboro Coliseum, uh, it's it's really awesome to see how much this guy has kind of fallen back in love with wrestling again. Uh, I love it. Yeah, but, it was great. This whole team itself was like three generations too. You got you know your Sting, old school. We got your CM Punk, which was more like I guess modern day wrestling, and then obviously Darby, you know, like the future. It was definitely a good combination, and, and the whole face paint thing was good. You know what it reminded me of? Like you know, like the old like two K video games even before then. You just want to customize wrestlers and put them all part of the same stable and then like you know you're yeah. you're customizing sting and you're just like you know i want to make a part of cm punk's thing but all i have is his logo you know what let me just take his logo and just pop it on his face and there we go he's part of the stable that's what it seemed like to me but it was great it was awesome i want to see the action you know they're gonna make action figures of all three of these aren't they like it's gonna be great oh yeah yeah and i think AEW are very good at this making i mean this is just a tv main event but but making it feel a bit more special and a bit more memorable. And I, I know I know the whole Ghostbusters thing and the the Space Jam thing that we've seen before with like the the Elite isn't everyone's cup of tea. But for a TV show, I remember that way more than what happened on Raw two days ago. You yeah. know? Like it it stays with you. And and I think right just from these entrances, I'm gonna remember this match and it feels special. Um, which otherwise could just feel like a bit of a thrown-together team of Derby, uh, Sting, and Punk. So the whole story of this match is MJF trying to evade CM Punk. He doesn't want to make any contact with him, uh, any physicality at all. So we're starting off with Punk and MJF in the ring, and MJF goes to kind of lock up, but immediately tags out. So we have Dax the Axe and Punk. Uh, They start shoving each other, slapping each other, um, then we get uh, Darby and MJF in the ring, and it looks like they're going to tag uh, lock up. But Darby runs to tag in Punk. What I loved here is it didn't make Darby look like a coward at all, but he knows the the game plan. It's like Punk wants his hands on him, so he's like, "Go on, go get him." Uh, so MJF's just running away. Um, Punk then tags in Sting, who goes up against Cash Wheeler. Uh, MJF. Uh, is now in the ring with Sting and hits a chop 
which kind of gets no sold and Sting just grabs him by the arm. We got a bit of a tug of war as Sting is trying to drag MJF into his corner to tag in Punk. But uh, MJF's fighting back, so gets met with a short arm clothesline. And then Punk chases MJF through the stands. The Pinnacle then start beating down on Darby, isolating him for a while. And then Punk, uh, sorry, Darby catches Cash with a Michinoku driver and makes the tag. The ultimate hot tag to Sting, who looked fucking great here. He's slamming Dax's head against every turnbuckle. Uh, he's hitting the Stinger splash to both members of FTR. And then Punk comes in, delivering the running knees to each corner onto FTR. There's the super, sorry, the suplex splash combo from FTR to Punk for a two count. And then something happened at the timekeeper's table, but the camera kind of missed it. And I think commentary missed it because they're like, don't know what happened there, but we just see the the timekeeper's table is completely knocked over. We then get the big rig from FTR is hit on Punk, but Sting breaks up the pin. MJF then comes in uh, with a DDT to Sting, and then MJF's gloating, but Sting no-sells it, gets back up, crotches him on the ropes, and then launches MJF out of the ring. And this looked pretty scary, because it looked like MJF landed right on his head. Uh, check out the replay for this, yep. but uh, obviously MJF did a bit, quite a bit afterwards. So let's hope he's all right here. Um, Sting then climbs to the top rope and hits a high crossbody to the pinnacle on the floor. This crowd go crazy for this, and then Punk is setting up for the GTS on MJF, but Dak shoves MJF out of the way to eat the GTS, followed by the Scorpion Death Drop from Sting. And the coffin drop for the one, two, three. The baby faces, Team Sting win. And then after the match, MJF is pissed and goes and grabs the, the commentary headset and says, look at Punk there. He was running like a scolded dog, the coward. And just berating Punk uh, to end the show. But really fun main event here. Yeah, this this match was fantastic. It reminded me of like, a house show match or like a show that they would have like after raw finishes airing just for the live crowd. This had like, you know, those spots like that. Um, yeah. I think the spot that we missed, like you, you later on see like MJF and Darby crawling out of under the timekeeper stable. So I'm guessing it was some sort of dive by Darby into him. Um, the only thing I would probably like, I don't know, like I didn't hate it, but like having punk chase um, MJF up the crowd and then down the crowd and through the door. Like I could have maybe done without that. But it was fun. It was fun for the crowd, I guess, to see that happening. But that dive that MJF had, that was so scary the second like he fell. Like I thought he fell right on his head of his neck. And then Sting right after, like doing it's a simple crossbody, you would think, but this is Sting up there in age doing it. So it's still scary to see. Um and I feel like there was a lot of focus tonight, not only in the match, but even earlier on, on Dax Harwood. I feel like he got the talking spot earlier. It was just him that spoke uh, from FTR. And then during this match, I feel like he was in most of the match. So I'm wondering if they might be thinking of maybe down the road doing a singles thing. I, w- I would love to see Dax Harwood as like a single star. I feel like he has the better um, presence overall with talking and even wrestling style. I wouldn't I wouldn't be opposed to possibly down the line seeing like a Dax Harwood solo run or going after a title. But yeah, I love this match. It was great. Um, up and down and the, everything from the entrances to the, the ring gear to the, the finishes, you know, having um having uh, them get all the finishers and, and, and winning the match that way. I thought it was a lot of fun. 
Yeah, I mean, I mean, there were some big spots here, but like very, very different from say your opening with Cassidy and Cole. They, these are pros, and they really know how to work that crowd and to get the most out of each moment. And I think the what they're building with with Punk and MJF, like Punk wanting to get his hands on MJF and MJF always escaping, is great because it's you could have easily had them just come to blows in this match and it, it takes something away when they eventually do. Whereas now you're, you're really building that anticipation for when they finally meet one-on-one and punk gets his hands on him. Uh, I thought this was a really, really fun match and AEW continues to make each town they, they work in feel special. You know, it's, this is a big deal because it's, it's sting going to, to this venue um obviously punk in chicago you have brit in pittsburgh i think it's it's such an easy thing to do and you're but you're making it in such a way where uh the crowds are you're always going to be a a favorite there like long island let's say like how many shows have we wwe shows we've seen from long island it means nothing whereas now like i'd love to go to a long island show to see an mjf match just to see that reaction I've seen punk in Chicago. I'd love to see Brit in Pittsburgh, you know, that kind of thing. Whereas WWE announced, oh, this show's here. It could, it could literally take place anywhere and mean, mean nothing. So I, I think that's something you've got to, got to give a lot of credit to AEW for, where they, they do make each week feel slightly different and slightly special. And one last thing I'll say about the crowd is, you know, we just got all this back. Who knows if they're going to take it away. If you're going to these shows, be better. Don't be stupid. And you guys can just look up on Twitter on what this is uh, referring to. But don't be an oh, idiot. Yeah. Don't be an idiot. Don't don't bring stupid signs to the show. Don't do anything stupid. Don't jump into the, the ring like they've been doing recently in these wrestling shows. Um, yeah, that was just I saw some really uh, stupid things like, you know, in 2021, like you wouldn't expect it. But here we are. Yeah, respect each other, guys. Come on. Respect performers. Respect yourselves. Respect each other. It's Christmas for fuck's sake. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, yeah, overall, uh, thumbs up for, for tonight's show. I thought it was, was pretty entertaining, especially the, the main event and that first match and the, the debut of Kylo Riley there. Yeah, for sure. And I usually don't look up spoilers, but I am a little interested because I doubt I'll be watching Rampage on Christmas Day. But I am a little interested in what's going on with this whole Sammy and um, Cody thing. So I'm pretty sure the spoilers are out there. I might just find out exactly what happened with that match. I'm a little interested. All right. Well, uh, John, uh, awesome having you on the show as always. Uh, Any final little plugs where we can find you? Uh, Any final thoughts for today? Yeah, I mean, check out my shirt for wrestlingtees.com slash up next for Shot in the Dark. Listen to Shot in the Dark. We have a new episode up today. Listen to me on MCU later with Way and WH, uh, who's a nerd, by the way. And uh, listen to me <laughs> later on this week in the British Wrestling Experience with me and Davey Portman uh, teaming up in uh, the big quiz. What do they call it? The big, the big, big uh, fat wrestling quiz of the year. Big fat wrestling quiz of the year. Check us out on there along with a couple other familiar names and voices. And, and um, yeah, and hopefully... Uh, I feel better and hopefully Davey feels better and hopefully everybody feels better. And uh, we can just finish this year and uh, head over to 2022, or as I've heard, you know, 2020 part two, the sequel. Uh, Very scary. 2022 is going (laughs) to be lit. Yeah. And uh, Brayden, you know, make it back to, to Canada, hopefully in one piece uh, and stop butt dialing people. 
while you're having uh, interesting conversations in uh, Planet Hollywood. All right. Well, thank you as always, John. Always a pleasure talking to you. Uh, that is the uh, the last show before the holidays that I'm going to be recording. We've got everything else in the can ready to release for you. Uh, but thank you very much as always for, for listening to us and supporting us. And um, we, I hope from myself, from Braden, uh, and uh, I'm going to speak on your behalf as well, John. I wish you all very happy holidays, whatever you're doing, whatever you celebrate, whatever you, your beliefs, stay safe, um, wh- whether it's on your own, with loved ones, um, have the best time. Uh, Merry Christmas, guys. Take care. Ahoy! Whether it's Kroger Simple Truth Turkey or Mac and Cheese with Murray's English Cheddar or pie made with fresh Cosmic Crisp apples, there are many dishes we look forward to sharing during the holidays. And Kroger has all the fresh ingredients you need to turn today's holidays into tomorrow's memories. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Kroger, fresh for everyone. You're a holiday powerhouse. You host the dinners, shovel neighbors, sidewalks, and make everything from scratch. You definitely don't need help making the holidays happen. But Dunkin's Holiday Blend Coffee? A warming medium roast complete with sweet notes of dried fruit and molasses. Or a cranberry orange muffin made with real cranberries just might convince you a little help never hurt. Especially the hot caffeinated kind. America runs on Dunkin'. Present participation may vary. Limited time offer. Terms apply.